the very beginning of what we refer to as the church. And sometimes people call this time in which we currently live, they call it the age of the church. Bidayat al-Kanisi wa bidayat ma yusamma asr al-Kanisi. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus. Theophilus, an individual of whom we know very little. Someone whom the writer knew. The writer being Luke. Al-Katib Lua, wa huwa tawajjah ila shakhas mam na'arfu, ismu Theophilus. He wrote to him when he wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he wrote to him again in writing this book, the book of the, uh, of the Acts. Writing once and writing again. Reminds me of how John the Baptist stood up and bore witness and said, Behold the Lamb of God, and then again the next day. He stood up and said, Behold the Lamb of God. Of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Notice that the Lord Jesus was not like the Pharisees, hear their words but do not do their deeds. All that Jesus was doing and all that he was teaching. Uh, there is no double standard or schizophrenia. Uh, there is no say one thing and do another thing. Uh, he is altogether consistent and to use the phrase that is found in the, in the Song of Solomon, he is altogether lovely. Which was one piece woven from the top to the bottom altogether uh, uh, consistent and altogether lovely. He began to do and uh, to teach. And we can look at that word began and say to ourselves that the Lord Jesus is still doing and he is still teaching. What did the Lord Jesus himself say in John chapter 5? He said, My father works and I work. Abi yamal wa ana amal. My father works John chapter 5, the statement is that he works continuously and without inter- interruption. And I work in the same way. It is the same verb tense which uh, he used. And because he said that, the Jews were angry. They said he's making himself God and they wanted, they wanted to stone him. But indeed, he could say, my father works continuously without interruption. I work in the same way, continuously and without interruption. The Lord Jesus has finished the great work of redemption. As far as the cross is concerned, as far as suffering is concerned, as far as rising from the dead is concerned, in that sense, he's finished his work and is set down at the right hand of God. But at the same time, in other ways, he continues to work and continues to teach.
Sometimes we say, if only I could have been there and I could have heard him teach. Here he is in this book. Here he is speaking to you through his word and through his spirit. He has not finished working. And he has not finished uh, teaching. Until the day when he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, so much that we uh, could uh, refer to uh, in this uh, passage. The coming of the Spirit in uh, chapter 2 is mentioned, uh, focused on in uh, a special uh, way. The Lord Jesus said, I will ascend, I will send the Spirit. And he gave uh, commandments unto the apostles. He is the authority in the church. He is the one who chose uh, those apostles. He showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. If I'm not mistaken in the Greek, this is a very strong statement that indicates the highest level of evidence, of proof, of certainty. A'la mustawa من من الدلائل ومن البراهين ومن الثقة ومن الثقة. I'd like to focus on a word that appears and some thoughts related to this word. A word which appears in our passage in more than one verse. That word appears in verse four. It says, and being assembled together. That word appears in verse 6. And it says, verse 6, when they therefore were come together. And in verse 15, and in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together was 120. Together in verse 4, together in verse 6, together in verse 15. What did God say when he created Adam? God said, it is not good for man, it is not good for Adam to be uh, alone. This is a relatively big world, right? God could have said the ideal thing is for a person to be on his own. And so I'll create Adam over here, I'll create somebody else over there, I'll create somebody else over there, I'll create somebody else over there, I'll create somebody else in another place, each one of them on his own because That is my plan as far as the human race is concerned. It's my plan as far as people are concerned. It's my plan that they be alone. And then he would have put uh, difficult barriers uh, uh, between them, Uh, put some of them on a desert island, put some of them surrounded by mountains he cannot climb uh, beyond them. If God wanted to, he could have 
created one person here, one person here, one person here, Adam here, Eve here, who knows else what uh, other people and what other names in other places. But that's not what he said. He said it's not good that man should be alone. Psalm 68 and verse 6 says that God sets the solitary in families. Naturally speaking, the Lord places human beings together uh, in families. And there are other circles as well in which people move, in which they interact with others on the spiritual level. We do not understand from the Bible that God wants believers to be alone and isolated from each other. He wants them to be together. The Bible speaks of believers as a body. Many members, one body. One uh, body. The Bible uh, speaks of believers, Ephesians chapter 2, as a building. And it says it's fitly framed together. Fitly framed uh, together. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 speaks again uh, of the picture of a body. Ephesians 4.16, the whole body fitly joined together. And there is a strength which is supplied by each joint, by each part, it says. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25, put away lying. Speak every man the truth with his neighbor. We are members one of another. Uh, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 19 says that we are knit uh, together. Knit uh, together. Uh, at the time of the rapture, the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 17, We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together shall be caught up together with them in the uh, clouds. Uh, to be glorified together. Romans 8 and verse 17, If children, then heirs in Aulad, uh, uh, in Abna, Fawaratha, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Together. The Bible tells us many things about uh, the church. It says that Christ will build uh, his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It tells us that Christ loves the church. Uh, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved uh, the church. The Bible tells us that the church is the body of uh, Christ. Now, some people might say this is universally speaking of all believers. Yes, it is universally speaking of all uh, believers. But when groups of believers gather together, this is the local manifestation of something which is uh, universal. Of something which is universal. It is not God's plan for his children to do what? To be what? To be monks, the word is monasticism, uh, it's not God's plan for his children to go live on the top of a mountain alone, go live in the wilderness alone, uh, or live as one person did in uh, uh, the early times of the church, live on the top of a column. 
live on the top of the column ala ras amut we see believers together we see them gathering uh, together we see them joined uh, uh, together it is not part of god's plan that believers live isolated from each other sometimes my father used to use the phrase lone ranger <laughs> uh, lone ranger uh, every believer should seek the opportunity to interact with other believers to meet with other believers to gather with other uh, believers and to be part of in some way a group of uh, believers in some sense in some sense when we gather together this is one way of showing the world that you are a uh, believer baptism which should be the uh, 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 something that the believer uh, uh, that the believer experiences something that uh, uh, that is part of the life of every believer baptisms took place publicly before people declaring before people all right, before gatherings of people. Now you might tell me there's the Philippian jailer. Yes, there is a the Philippian jailer. Yes, there are situations uh, like that. But generally, as we look at the Bible, people were baptized before others declaring their faith, witnessing, bearing testimony of their faith towards uh, uh, others. Uh, towards others. The gathering together of God's children is one way that they show themselves to be God's children, that they are manifest uh, as God's children. Neither Jew nor Greek, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female, but rather all one in Christ Jesus. All one in uh, uh, Christ Jesus. You know, you watch a crowd of people, and in these days, people are gathering all sorts of the time for all sorts of reasons. And you see a crowd of people downtown, and you say to yourself, yes, these are protesters, these are demonstrators, whatever you think of them, uh, rightly or wrongly. And then you might look at a group of people here and say, why are these people here? And the answer is, because there is in their hearts a reality the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior. This is what is bringing them together. They don't come together for no reason at all. Randomly, they just bump into each other, and you happen to have a crowd of people there. There's something that brings them together. And when they gather together, it is bearing witness to that reality, the reality of uh, salvation, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they may be one in us, that the world might believe that you have sent uh, me. Uh, look at uh, uh, Acts chapter 2 and verses 46 and uh, 47. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their food, 
with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They're gathering uh, together. And the spirit that they had, uh, it is something that bore witness to others and it helped others to receive the message as well and to be added to uh, the Lord. What did the Lord Jesus say? He said, a, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to uh, another. By this shall all men know that you have disciples if you have love one to another. Now, how is the world supposed to know that believers have love one to another? Oh, I never see Sister Renee, and she never sees me. But I send her an email every day. And you are supposed to know that I email her every day and she emails me every day because you have an electronic surveillance system <laughs> and because you are eavesdropping on our emails. No. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one for another. How is this love going to appear and how are people going to see it if this love is quote-unquote remote, <laughs> uh, if it is somehow uh, hidden, uh, if it is uh, somehow uh, hidden, uh, by this they'll know when there is a commitment to being together. And when, of course, it is a loving commitment, not being together, you know, causing problems and difficulties and so on. When there is a loving a commitment uh, to be uh, together. A long time ago, I've told you this story, I think, more than once. A long time ago, uh, uh, my father traveled to the States. We were here. And he was going to visit churches. And he was going to, I think he was going to California. And he was supposed to go to Disneyland. Now, he didn't have that much time. He had like one day in his schedule that wasn't filled. And he was going to be in the vicinity of Disneyland in California. And so he said he was going to go. And we were waiting when he came back. We were waiting for him to tell us these stories about he went to Disneyland. So when he came back, Dad, Disneyland, tell us. And he said, I didn't go. I didn't go? What happened? He said, well, there was that just one day when I was in that area and, and I didn't have that much scheduled. And then I heard that Dr. Bob Jones Jr. that evening was speaking in a church in that area. So I decided I wasn't going to go to Disneyland. I was going to go and hear him speak. 
And of course, we all thought, my brother and my two sisters, we thought our dad was stark, raving mad. I mean, why should you be with Dr. Bob Jones Jr. and other believers when you can be in the glorified company of Mickey Mouse (laughs) and Donald Duck and Goofy and all? Those are the people you should be with. But you see, believers somehow should be together. They should be together. Yes, we can spend time with Mickey Mouse and all sorts of other uh, pursuits and other possibilities, but believers being together, it speaks of their faith. It expresses uh, who uh, they are. Believers should be together. Let me mention another reason. As we are together, it teaches us to be less self-centered and more centered on others. Less self-centered and more centered on others. Philippians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 Look not every man on his own things but every man also on the things of others let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. In some sense, our gathering together and our being together is a classroom in which we need to learn how to place others first, how to emphasize the interests and the welfare of others above our own interests and above our own welfare. It is a place in which we learn to be unselfish, sympathetic, loving, loving. Hereby perceive we, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16, the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our life for the brethren. We ought to lay down our lives for uh, each other. Romans chapter 12 and verse 15, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. 1 Corinthians 12:26, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, then all the members rejoice with it. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 3, Remember those who are in bonds, اذكروا المقيدين وكأنكم مقيدين معهم as though you are bound with them. And remember those who suffer adversity. As being yourselves also in the body, in the same, uh, in the same body. When my stomach has problems, my fingers don't feel that good (laughs) at the same time. That's the way things are. That's the way things are in a uh, body. Uh, 1 John chapter 1 and verse uh, 3. John says that we are writing this letter to you. Why? 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. Uh, 
and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus uh, Christ. Paul wrote to the Philippians and said, I thank God every time I remember you. I thank God every time I remember you. Always I am making, uh, in every prayer, I am making requests for you with joy because of your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So we gather together to serve our own purposes and agenda. No, when we gather together, the Lord Jesus has promised to be present in a special way and in the midst. And in the midst. Uh, this is the way things should be. Now sometimes uh, things are not as they should be. Here and there, in the Bible, Diotrephes, in the letter of Third John, Diotrephus, he loves to have the preeminence among them. And so he has turned the church into a place, instead of otherness, uh, emphasizing others, it is a place where he wants to have the preeminence, he wants to have the spotlight, he wants to have the attention, he wants to have the glory. But that is an unnatural situation, an exception, an aberration. What is right is that everyone esteem the other more than themselves. Submit to one uh, uh, another. Uh, the younger to the elder, and the elder to the, un uh, to the younger, and be clothed with humility. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another. When we come to a gathering together of believers, and when we are committed to such a gathering together, one of the things that we learn, it's not about me. It's not about uh, me. A group of believers, together, this means that one will help the other to grow and to serve. One will help the other to grow and uh, to uh, serve. What do we have as we gather together? We have the opportunity to hear uh, God's word. Uh, younger ones, older ones, people in between uh, age-wise. Uh, age-wise. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 8, they read in the book in the law of the God distinctly. They gave the sense and they caused them to understand the reading. Church meetings, the gathering together of believers. What happens is educational. Educational. Uh, opportunities to uh, uh, learn. 
and opportunities to uh, uh, grow, to be active in serving. And activity is important because activity actually means health and strength. There was this experiment some time ago where they got a bunch of people, young people around the age of 20 or 25. They uh, put them in a big room. They told them to stay in bed. Everything was brought to them. They only got up to use the bathroom. Everything was brought to them. And after keeping them in that situation for a certain time, they measured some of their vital signs, uh, like what? Like uh, their blood pressure and their heart rate and, and, I don't know, sugar levels, things like that. And then what happened, these people were in their 20s, like I said, 20, 25. Then they caught up with them some 30 years later when they were what? When they were 50, 55, and so on. And they measured their heart rates and blood pressure and so on. And they found out that when they were 50, 55, and so on, living normal lives with normal levels of activity, they found out that they were healthier than when they were 20 and 25 and they forced them to lie down in bed and do nothing for long, long periods of time. Because even though they were 30 years older, they were active. As opposed to being young and sitting back and doing very uh, little. How do you promote health through activity? How do you build muscle uh, activity? Uh, uh, activity. And as we gather together, this is supposed to be an opportunity for us not to be passive, not to be spectators, but rather to be uh, active. I mentioned um, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse uh, 16. Uh, Here's a, a, a more modern translation than our old translation. Under his direction... The whole body is fitted together perfectly as each does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let me read that again. Ephesians 4 and verse 16. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And let me mention very quickly some of the things that the Bible says, which include the phrase one another, Bab kunul Bab. What are we supposed to uh, uh, be doing one to another? Positive things that help us to grow, uh, that are a blessing to uh, our lives spiritually. Romans 12 and verse 10 says, Be kindly affectioned or loving towards one another. It says, with brotherly love. Uh, Romans 15, 7 says, Receive one another. Uh, Romans 15, 14 says, Admonish one another. Second Corinthians thirteen two greet one another with a holy kiss. Salmu uh, ala baat kun baat bi qubli muqaddasi. 
Galatians 5.13 By love serve one another Ephesians 4.2 says Forbear uh, one another in love uh, Ephesians 4.32 uh, Forgive uh, one another as Christ has forgiven you uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.9 You are taught of God to love one another. Rabb alamkun innu athibbu ba'adkun ba'ad. 1 Thessalonians 4.18 Hazzu ba'addakum ba'ad bihada al-kalim Comfort one another uh, with these uh, words. Hebrews 3.13 Exhort one another. Wazzu ba'adkun al-ba'ad. Hebrews 10.24 Consider one another to provoke to love and to good works. شَجْعُ بَعْضُكُمْ بَعْضِ إِلَى الْمَحَبِّ وَإِلَى الْأَعْمَالِ الصَّالِحَةِ Hebrews 10, uh, 25 Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. غَيْرْ تَارِكِينَ اجْتِمَاعَكُمْ كَمَا لِقَوْمٍ عَادَ But exhorting one another. لَكِنْ وَعِذِينَ بَعْضَكُمْ الْبَعْضِ uh, it's easy when I am alone to look in the mirror and think that I have achieved. It's a little bit harder when I'm in a group of people and I need to build the right relationships and maintain them and be a blessing to others. The gathering together of believers provides this opportunity. Uh, to grow and to serve. Iron sharpens iron. A man's countenance is sharpened by uh, his uh, friend. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, uh, two verses. First verse 7. Remember those who have the rule over you and uh, have spoken to you the word of God. Follow their faith considering the end of their conversation, considering uh, the end of their testimony and of their life uh, journey. Uh, Hebrews 13 and verse 17, uh, Obey those who have the, role, uh, the rule over you. Submit yourselves. They watch for your soul. They must give an account. You want them to give this account with joy, not with uh, uh, grief. Uh, not uh, with uh, grief. James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, the end of uh, the letter of James. If any of you errs from uh, the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he who converts the sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and hide a multitude of sins. Think of what it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, where it says that two are better than one. And it says in that same passage that if you fall, one another one will lift you up. But the one who falls on his own, what will happen uh, to him? What will happen uh, to him? Let every one of us, Romans 15, 2, please his neighbor for his good and for his edification. Min ajil بناء الآخر 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7 The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man 
to profit others. Gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given so that they will be used in the gathering together of the believers so that each will be a blessing to another. To serve and to uh, grow. As we gather together, and this is the last thing I want to mention, uh, we have additional opportunities to reach the world with the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say additional opportunities because it is true and it is very important that is that as individuals, each one in their own place, in their house, in their work, in their neighborhood, whatever circles we move in as individuals, we have opportunities to share the message of the gospel. This is very true and it is very uh, uh, important. And as we gather together, what happens? Additional opportunities. More uh, uh, opportunities. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1 uh, verses uh, 6 through 9. Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 6 through 9. Thessalonians chapter 1 and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that ye were an example to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Now this is the church of Thessalonica. Uh, the, the city still exists to this day, Saloniki, I think that's what it's called, uh, in the northern part of Greece. It's one of the big cities uh, in Greece. Now, in those times, Greece was divided administratively, uh, geographically, into two parts. The northern part, Macedonia. The southern part, Achaia. So, what is uh, Paul saying? He's saying that you, as a group of believers, have a testimony that has reached every part of your country. Everyone in Macedonia, that's the northern half of Greece, and everyone in the southern half of Greece, that's Achaia, uh, your faith towards God is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. First Peter chapter uh, 2 and verse 9. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. The Bible says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained uh, mercy. Uh, what does the Bible say about the church in First Timothy chapter 3 and uh, verse 15? Timotheus l'ula s'ha'atleti wa el'adad khamstash. The Bible says, uh, And if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, 
the pillar and the ground of truth. And then he goes on to a brief statement of faith, the mystery of godliness, God manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the nations, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. This is the, cru- the, the, the truth, and the church is the pillar and the ground of this uh, truth. The gathering together of God's children. It achieves much in God's sight. It is important in God's sight. Is it important in your sight, my sight? Earlier I quoted the verses I frequently do when people, other people quote them, and they are familiar. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. One day in the Lord's courts are better than a thousand. I'd rather be standing on the threshold of the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of iniquity. The believers gathering uh, together. It witnesses to Christ. It teaches us to love one another and to serve one another. It is an opportunity for growth and for blessing and adds to the opportunities that we have to reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be together. We thank you for that word which we see in Acts chapter 1. They gathered together. We thank you for the reality that we see in your word, that you want to gather your children together. We thank you for a spirit of unity among your children, those who are faithful unto you across the world in in different places. We thank you for the opportunity to gather in each place for those to gather together who are your children who have come unto you in repentance and in faith. We pray, Lord, that you would help us not to make light of such opportunities not to ignore or neglect. Help us to know that that which you command is for your glory and for our blessing. We pray that you would build your church in every place and that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. We pray that you would gather your children to worship your name and to receive your blessing until that day comes when we are gathered unto you, until the time when our Master comes, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his glory. Amen.